Howdy, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just recorded one of the best podcasts yet with up-and-coming comedian and actor Sean Foez. I loved it. Now, we met him as an actor in the same acting class, but since then, he has taken the up-and-coming comedy world by storm and appearing uh, all over Hollywood, all over Los Angeles. Open mics and gigs as well. This guy just loves the game. So what did we talk about today? In this podcast, we talked about uh, being in acting class with Sean, being friends with Sean, and just the trials and tribulations of comedy. Um, we talked about coronavirus, how Los Angeles has changed in this epidemic, and if you're a new stand-up comedian, how do you get gigs? Like, what's that experience like? Sean gets real about coronavirus and um, its Asian roots in this episode. Oh, he's right here. Oh, hey, Sean. What's up, guys? Hey, right into that mic, buddy. I know you messed with it. Hey, uh, Sean, yeah. I think people are excited to watch well, this episode. I just want to say, Johnny, if you're wondering why he's not here, he's in Mexico right now. Yeah, while, we're, while we're surviving in Hollywood, he's thriving in Mexico. That's hey, right. Hey, he's on a gig. Shooting a thing. Guys, oh, okay, if you're watching that. TV this Thursday, you can catch me on the Fox show Deputy. Check it out. Thursday, 8 o'clock. Sean, give us a little motivational call to action, then we'll roll right in. The last thing the audience hears before we get to the top of this podcast. Right into the camera. You guys are not going to regret this episode. Uh, you'll get to learn about me and my relationship with these guys, and this was a fun time. So you did the gig last night? I did do the gig last night. Coronavirus didn't shut it down. It did not. No, a pandemic did not stop it. Wow. But there was only like a handful of people in the audience. What gig? Uh, I did a gig at the Sycamore Tavern, the dojo comedy. Okay. Not drawing in those crowds to get your show canceled, but... Yeah. Guess who did show up? Bianca and like three of her friends, like including her brother. That's did you awesome. invite them? I did invite them. Oh, okay, cool. I invited a bunch of people, Still including cool. you guys. Hey, I didn't get the invite. Pasadena Film Festival. This is what Sean does. I just, I just associate you two together. I assume you're a package deal. Sean, so. in, Sean invites me and then says, hey, by the way, if, uh, if Johnny or Aaron and five other people want to come too, just let me know. I'm not going to... That's cool. You're a <laughs> yeah. top-tier friend. <laughs> exactly. I'm in charge of... I've, so, I've done more scenes with Austin. Like, but we could get, we'll definitely get to the scene that we did together here. Like, and what was that? Little Dicky. Little Dicky, uh, yeah, which is yeah, now dude, currently airing. I saw the like a clip from that scene we did. I know, and all I could think about was like when we did that scene together. Yeah, that was great. Do you open up with a coronavirus joke in in these dire times? How can you not? No, I, I know your opener. Um, can I just ruin it? Just Please, your, yeah. You put it on Instagram, right? Yeah, it's uh, out in the public. Yeah, you're open or something like, hey, guys, I know, I know. I have a uh, resting gay face or something. Something along those lines. Sean like, does it with timing, though. <laughs> <laughs> I say, like, you know, a little bit about myself. My name is Sean Fawaz, and besides being a straight guy with resting gay face. Yeah, I love it, dude. I think Pause that's, for laughter. That's and really then, good. And then I say, like, I'm just saying that between looking like a pretty boy and a handsome man, I look like a bottom. <laughs> I think that's really good because uh, yeah, it's personal. Yeah. Well, not only is it personal, I feel like for a comedian that looks the way that I do, like I'm going to get judged immediately. Like the uh, like the f 
like the immediate energy in the room once I walk up on stage is like, oh Jesus, like this clown better have something funny to say. Like, cause why you? What do you mean you're gonna get judged immediately? Because he's on ever... stage with a microphone. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant specific. Because you're well, well you do that... well, you do judge a comedian like you have pretty uh, much immediately how they look and like I mean not to I mean I'll just say it like I'm better looking than your average comedian. Okay, that's so, what I yeah. thought you were saying. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, there's yeah. so many comedians. So you're okay. You don't want to laugh at you're the cool guy. You're better. I mean, you do, you but you look better than Joe Rogan. That's what you're. Sure, we'll go with that. I don't want to say too, he's the top dog in comedy, so... He looked better than Bobby yeah, Lee. He could, yeah, well, Joe Rogan could kick my ass, so... <laughs> you've been a... Uh, is this a year now you've been doing stand-up officially? Or? No, five months officially. My yeah. God. I hear it's hard to jump in. What's harder, writing or, like, working up the courage to keep getting up on stage? Ooh, um... No, because, like, I could just sit in my thoughts, so I would definitely say working up the courage to get on stage. And, like, once you test out, like, that first draft, like, at an open mic or something, and you're figuring out, like, what's landing and what isn't, so you got to, like, go back and think, like, all right, what's a way I could tighten that up? What's a funnier way that I could say that? Mm. Do you record yourself? Sometimes I do. Uh, Like, in the beginning, when I was, like, really first doing it, I would record myself all the time. Matter of fact, I would like pick up a remote control, pretend it's a microphone and stand in front of a mirror and record myself. So I would figure out like the timing of it. Then I play it back and listen to how it sounds. And if I'm like laughing at my own jokes, it's that usually means that the timing was good in it. And if I'm not, I'm like, all right, let me work on like, you know, how to deliver that better. Right, right. So when we met you in acting class, Mm -hmm. you weren't naturally funny. How did you develop that? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. You're always funny. Thank you. I'm no, I'm glad you guys think that. Well, I think what changed for sure was, um, as you guys know, like I was in a relationship that ended pretty dramatically. I can't, I I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah, no, I'll talk about it. It's because that was a huge turning point in my life. What do you, what do you remember from that? Yeah. Uh, you invited us all to the wedding, and then the next... <laughs> it mon- was a big Facebook post. And then the next Monday that we saw you, you were like, oh, uh, she that, broke up with that me. That might yeah. not be going on. And, <laughs> and you know what? That inspired, like, and now I joke about it, like, in my comedy, just, like, thinking back, like, how stupid was I to, like, post it on social media the day of, like... <laughs> well, you, yeah. had no, you had no reason not to That's think not, it. Yeah. I mean, actually, when you get engaged... I mean, that's pretty much, yeah, we're going to be together. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just unfortunate. Well, yeah, and, like, I say that in one of my jokes. I say, like, that this is the exact reason why Instagram needs a premature flex detector built into the app. So anytime you post something with a hashtag, <laughs> like, she said yes, or I booked it, or we're pregnant, there should at least be a warning pop-up. Oh, fuck. <laughs> a warning pop-up, speaking of pop-ups, <laughs> that come up and says, are you sure you want to post this, or... Like, has this event been confirmed? The, or? the pregnancy one would probably be confirmed, right? Yeah, or I say, like, or does your husband know it's not his? Like, something like that. Now nice. with Roe versus Wade, buddy. Oh. Hey. Oh, we're getting political good, good, already. Good reference. Anyway. Um, but so, uh, is a... What? What? Coronavirus? Dude, let me tell you, it's a fantastic time for Asians to be alive because white people have never been more scared of us. Sean, 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 Sean just—you're from Wuhan, right? Sean just goes into Sean just goes into his Born tight raised, five. Yeah, 
No, I I debuted a joke last Saturday. I said that, you know, it's a good time for Asians to be alive. White people are scared of us. Like, it feels good to finally be viewed as a dangerous minority. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Dude, that sounds... I'm glad you're keeping things personal and not just making jokes on, like, dogs and stuff. Well, I mean, I've heard plenty of that. Yeah, uh, you're keeping it true to life. Do you find, like... What what do uh, new comedians... What mistakes do they make, which... I would have said, like, oh, maybe they don't talk about themselves personally. But what do you feel? What what mistakes do comedians make? That you know now. That you're trying to overcome. Or you see that, like, oh, I can do it. I can do it A-level, not C-level. I mean, over, I would say, like, the biggest thing is comedians that don't, that say things that aren't, like, 100% true to who they are. Like, I, matter of fact, I was talking to the uh, owner of the uh, dojo comedy gig that I did last night, and... He was saying that early in his career, like he had a, like he had this bit that he would do, like he didn't say what it was, but it wasn't true at all. It wasn't true to who he was. And even though like it was believable at times, like there was a point in his comedy career where he realized it's like, you know, this isn't real. And like, this isn't what I should be talking about. Like I need to make things personal so people can identify with it better. And like, you know, really like tune into what you're saying. Will you uh, take advice from other comedians um, that around the, like, if you have a piece of advice for them, are people open and receptive to, like, hearing it? If I have a piece of advice for them? Or if they give some to you? Obviously, like, Sean's going around the comedy club doling out advice because he's the <laughs> expert. Yeah, I mean, five months I've got this shit figured out. I got it unlocked. Dude, who are your influences, though, in comedy? Like, people specifically, like, oh, man, their act is, that's the kind of act I want to have. Oh, shit. So, well, Dave Chappelle, to me, is the greatest of all time. and uh, I've heard of him. It's pretty great. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Probably, I mean, top, top of the game right now. Top three, at least. For sure. And, like, I've loved his comedy, like, ever since, like, I was a teenager. And, Chappelle like, Show. Yeah, when Chappelle Show first dropped, and then, like, that was like how I first learned about him. And then uh, actually his gig and undercover brother, like I was on the floor laughing. And, oh yeah. And then like <laughs> I saw more of Chappelle Sh- as Conspiracy Brother, if you guys remember. I, I, I mean, I remember he was in it and I kind of remember that movie, but yeah. I hardly remember it. Like, it's like, did you know that George Washington Carver made the first computer out of a peanut? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's the line that killed me. But so, but then after that, like I saw more of his stand up, like, you know, killing him softly and for what it's worth. And then I was actually lucky enough to see his first Netflix special that he taped at the Palladium. And like, do you know all the titles, all the venues, dude? I'm trying to remember the one he did in like the dark small room in the comedy store when he first got back that was really good the belly room yeah the that was the bird revelation one yeah no this was the very first one that he put out which i think was called the age of spin yeah yeah and i knew like it was a big deal because i remember going into the venue and they gave us like those plastic cartridges to put your phone in and lock and i'm like oh shit oh you were actually there i was yeah i was actually there like i seen it (laughs) whoa Chappelle reference right yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right Mm. this guy only knows half the movies but the if, if I could credit one comic that actually inspired me to want to do comedy, Aquafina. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> now, who is it? I mean, we're in the same family, but no, oh. <laughs> no, it it's Andrew Schultz actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, you know him, right, Aaron? He's yeah. been on Rogan's podcast. He's been on. Yeah, Rogan's dude, po- he's really funny. Yeah, and he hosts. The dude, you should have trying to have a YouTube channel like his because whoever his media team is. 
It's fantastic. And and that's a guy like who was told no by Netflix, Comedy Central, HBO, Showtime. So he just took matters into his own hands and put all of his content out on YouTube. And now he's thriving. He's about to tape his first official network special in like at the Orpheum Theater, which I have tickets to and like I got as a Christmas present. I'm like really, really, really excited for that. Which network? I picked him up. I'm not allowed to say. Oh, okay. Wow. Nice. But I'll tell you guys off there, like, because oh, I come figured, on, dude, it's just us. Yeah, it's just us. You can tell all, us. all of our friends yeah. listen. All right. Anyway, mm. um, it's a giant corporation. I'll tell you that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Something, dude. I was wondering, you for being in your first five months of stand up, you go up on stage a lot. Like, That's how do, what you should do? Uh, how do you find those shows? Is it open mics? Well, it's mainly open mics that I go to practice first, and then like once I pig and whistle. Where are you going? <laughs> not pig and whistle. Uh, they do open mics. I haven't been to theirs yet. Um, let's see. I've done uh, I've done Bert's back room. I've done the uh, lab at the improv. I've done I've obviously flappers. Yeah, I've done flappers. No, actually, I haven't done an open mic at flappers. I've had two shows there. Ooh, yeah, stunting on you guys. No. But I I know <laughs> flappers. But like, how do you find those? The there's is the smaller one. I I used to. Well, what happened with Flappers? I went to their audition. Actually, they hold auditions every Wednesday uh, evening, and they uh, they give priority priority to those who have an audition before. So they like put you at the front of the line, and everybody gets two minutes on stage. And I, so I did my two minutes up there, and then I talked to the uh, booker after the show, and he said, you know, I liked your set. You were funny. Like, are you available these days? Ooh, oh, yeah. cool. So you got paid for that. I wish I did. Oh, yeah. Okay, still cool. But, like, when I used to, um, for a couple months, not even five months, I used to, you know, go around to, like, open mics um, and, like, you know, try and be a stand-up. It's kind of hard to write jokes. But I used to go online, and there was, a, like, this one site that just listed all the open mics in Los Angeles. Did you ever do something like the that? The Comedy Bureau? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the site was. It, yeah, it's the Comedy Bureau. All right. And so it, which is awesome, because it literally, like, uh, every single day, and, like, it's got the time slots of, like, which um, of which comedy clubs are hosting open mics, like, that particular time. Like, like, whether it's a lottery system, like, whether, like, you're guaranteed to go up, how many minutes you get. And it's a very comprehensive uh, look at what, uh, yeah, what places, like, on which day is available, like, to test out material. Interesting. And there's this brand new club that I want to plug. It's called the Hollywood Comedy. It's on Melrose and Coenga, and it's why are you plugging it? Doing an early plug. Usually those are at the end. Yeah, keep going. Are you an equity? Well, it's not. It's not mine, but it's uh, it's open by a good friend of mine that I've made in this comedy business. Her name's Zhaoying Summers. She's our age. Uh, She's this like she's this beautiful Chinese girl that's super fucking funny. Like. And beautiful and funny. Yeah, mm. a rarity. <laughs> and so she somehow like she got a hold of like a good amount of money to open and finance this club and they host open mics every single day and I just did a gig for them this past Saturday. What's the club called? The Hollywood Comedy. Where is it? On Melrose and Coenga. I'm going to go to that club and I better see Sean on stage. Done. We'll make <laughs> it happen. Dude, has your uh 
ex-fiance came, came out and supported you? Does she support your new... That bitch, dude? Don't talk to her. God, dude. You're no. better than her. You, you guys share a cat? Do you guys not share a cat? We're, yes, we're you do? still sharing pussy, That's... so... <laughs> dude, what's... I mean, why didn't somebody just dude, take the cat? Give away it's the not, cat. It's not a dog. I love the dude. How are you gonna give up a cat named Kendrick Lemieux? Like that's it's a great name. Yeah. You should have just taken it. Say, hey, bitch, I bought it. This is my cat. <laughs> you kept the ring. She kept the ring. Nah, I returned that shit. All right, good. Then she can keep the cat. But like, why? I mean, did you buy the cat? No, I rescued Kendrick, and Choppy just came like by association, like through who is Choppy. The other cat. You're throwing in characters here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's two cats. You take Kendrick Lemieux, and she'll take Choppy. Yeah, we don't want to do that because, like... You babe, don't want a clean breakup. Probably not. Like, this is something that I'm going to have to let go of eventually, but at this point in my life, I haven't yet, so... Like, when you see her in the exchange, is it just like, hey? Hey. It's literally that, yeah. Sounds horrible. So did you ever miss that acting class that we met in? Now, I feel like everybody once they get out of uh, screen actor system, they always um, they always have like, oh, I like this about it, or I didn't like this about it. Like, what was your opinions? There's a lot of really good things that I took away from that class. Like, I love the class. All yeah, like all the fundamentals of film acting, like you know, minimum movement, like uh, like assisted storytelling, like emotional, like emotional switchboard, like you know, all the stuff that you know Ryan would preach. And uh, I feel like it helped ground me as an actor for sure, and like. Uh, and I feel like I took a lot of like good things out of the scene study part of it as well as the real footage. But, you know, after a while, like, you know, the, like the late nights and, you know, the drama that would come with it, it's like, like what was the drama? I mean, come on, you guys know, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much, but like, just for our audience at home. Yeah. Well, I feel like you can learn a lot with Ryan up to a certain point, like where the, where the positives of him, like, were. Or actually, I should say, like, the negatives of him will eventually, like, outweigh the positives. Sometimes he'll go on political rants. Yeah, go on political rants. And, like, before we even, like, get to the warm-up exercise or the scenes, like, he'll literally, like, take two hours, like, talking about something Trump did or, like, some conspiracy that he found that we should all know about. In the water. Don't and drink the water. Don't, like, like make sure the floor, make sure you drink fluoride-free water. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's good advice, but, uh, hey, I know Sean's got two scenes, and I was hoping to leave by three, so can we... Can we <laughs> Move on to scene study. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Exactly. So uh, we don't mind awkward silences yeah, on this podcast. I think we should revel. The, we, it's been Relish month, in it. months since we've seen each other. Yeah, it's been a long time. Hey, you, you, were, um, you were telling us that you're a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, what are your favorite episodes, by the way? My favorite episodes? Uh, I actually really like the one that you did with Seth. Uh, that was surprisingly a popular episode. Yeah. I mean, not that it shouldn't be popular, yeah. but I was just surprised it, how popular. Got a lot of views. Yeah. Well, it really, in a weird way, it changed my perception of him completely because I felt like he was a dude that, like, had it figured out and he seems, like, really confident and, like, you know, really, really strong in his acting. At least, I don't know what it was about him. Maybe it's, like, the Texas swagger or whatever it was. But it seemed like, but then it turned out, like, he shared a lot of, like, similar insecurities that I did. I was like, whoa, I didn't know that at all. It's like, oh. yeah. I'll, I'll like go back and listen to that one. Yeah. And, like, it just made me, like, it, like, it made me view him, like, as, like, an even cooler person. Is this, uh, are you still, uh, act, is the stand-up enhanced your acting or now are you focusing more on the stand-up side? 
Uh, or right now I'm focusing on the stand-up side, but yes, it has enhanced my acting, specifically the confidence in my acting. Like, I'm not scared of audition rooms. You can hold a room. Yeah. Like, since I'm used to, yeah, since I'm used to drawing, like, decent-sized crowds now, it's, like, going into an audition with, like, two or three people, like, it doesn't seem so daunting anymore. Right. Decent-sized crowds, you mean you draw tens of people. As of right now, more than I can draw. (laughs) Roast him back, dude. Roast him back. How many is he drawn? (laughs) Not many. Not many. Sean's still working on his crowd work. How many times have you been on Kill Tony? Zero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was awesome. I love Kill Tony. I don't think I saw it. No, but like somebody told me about it. It was you posted a picture. No, that was the video that you saw. Yeah, that was on Kill Tony. Okay. That was good. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, what was even crazier about that episode was, you know, how he has... So like, Kill Tony, for the folks yeah. at home, is this stand-up comedian who hosts a live show that's online where new new comics can come up and do like 90 seconds 60, of jokes. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. And then the... Drawn pan- out of a hat, you got to be in the audience that mm-hmm. night. The panel will like roast you afterwards, right? Yeah. They're supposed to give you constructive advice. They do. And if you do a good 60 seconds, like they'll roast you like coming from a playful, like like in a playful manner. <laughs> as and a it's peer. Like, yeah, as a peer. It's like a fun roast. But if you bomb, it co- their roasting comes from a mean-spirited place. Like it could get brutal. Like I've... I've heard him say things like, uh, it's like, you suck, you have no talent, everyone hates you. It's like, <laughs> some people need to yeah. hear that. So, well, some delusional people do for sure. There's this really funny clip online of Bill Burr on Kill Tony. And Bill, I've seen that. Okay, yeah. dude. And what Bill, happens? Bill Burr gets mad at the panel for being mean to a newcomer, but then the next guy comes up who's even more of an idiot, and Bill Burr just roasts that new guy even more. He's like, well, this guy, you know, this guy's a moron, not like the other guy. <laughs> Anyway, it's funny. Like he saw that. the other guy was tr- like the first guy was trying, and it's like it's like oh Jesus, Tony always finding a negative and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I've seen that. Bill Burr's a good guy. Yeah, and like it was refreshing to see that you know not like all comics are like that. Like sometimes like they do want to help you out, um, but I felt like you know Kill Tony's a good experience for any like up and coming comic because just to be on stage with like six professionals on there like you know that you know that have been doing this for a while and like know how to clown people like just like that and it's something that you can definitely learn from and you could take a lesson from hell yeah so we got an uh, an election coming up mm-hmm. will you be voting no you yeah. were you were telling me um off mic you said um what did you say you said it's good because i didn't think a woman can be president. What did you mean by that? I never said that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. LOL. <laughs> but are, um, who are you voting for? Trump? Uh, Bernie? Biden? Oh, you know me, dude. Uh, Bernie, bro. I had no idea who you're voting for. Yeah. Well, I had the, this um, primary, I had to settle on Bernie. Andrew Yang was actually my first choice. I liked Bernie it and wasn't. Ju- it wasn't just a Chinese thing. I actually liked his <laughs> ideas. Yeah, dude, he had a bunch of good ideas. Yeah, and especially amidst this coronavirus now, I mean, that universal basic income actually could be useful for a lot of people that well, need to stock up. I know? would think even more useful would be uh, Medicare for all. That too, and like free testing, like coronavirus testing. But all this free shit, man. I mean, why not just work for it like the boomers? Right, or like, well, I mean, they're gonna die off from the virus anyway, <laughs> so that leaves us left on this planet. Is this virus serious, or yeah. is this just like media creating a frenzy? It's serious. You're, you're, to you're, you're not washing your hands more, right? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> just breathing in the air, but the smog. But 
I mean, has your is it is this Corona? I mean, LA has shut down. Like the, the schools are shutting down on Monday. Yeah, not only that, but but yeah, these like the comedy store, like their main room shows are shutting down because of over two fifty. Over two fifty, like yeah. Luckily, they, that doesn't affect us. That doesn't affect me <laughs> like, at this moment in time at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. As long as you, as long as you use common sense and you like monitor your hygiene carefully and thoroughly, then, like, that as long as yeah, you're not being an idiot, then yeah, I feel like I think that's totally irresponsible, Sean. You could be a carrier for four days and not even know it. Nine days. Nine days. Uh, that's what I heard, dude. Get your thermometer. I need I, to test this guy. L- but like, fever is the first symptom. <laughs> but, but like, I had I had an audition earlier this week. It was literally one line, and instead of going in, dude, what's for, the line? It was uh, it was hey there. That's how you did it. What was the character? It was an it was a White House staff worker. It, this is about this is American crime story. They're, this is already announced. They're doing the Clinton impeachment. Oh their next yeah. Crime story. Um, but instead of going in, they just, and I don't know, it easily could have been because it was one line, but they said that we're, they didn't say specifically, they said, we're not seeing people in office send in your tapes. That could be the next three months here in LA. Yeah, it could very well be like this. This is some serious shit now. Official prognosis from Sean. I love it. But yeah, take care of yourselves. Oh, oh, I got to tell you this, like, please, you know how, you know how like all your, like all the major grocery stores, like Ralph's, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, they got entire shelves that are empty because people are stocking up. I had a comedian friend tell me the funniest thing. You know, which supermarkets have their shelves completely full? The Asian ones? H Mart 99 market, like all the Asian supermarkets completely stocked up. And why is that? Do people are people are just they're like scared for their own well being, but not that scared that they go to the ethnic supermarket. Yeah, oh. I'm telling you, like or, we're now a dangerous minority. That shit's for real now. <laughs> I so, for, so for all your non racist listening listeners out there looking to stockpile, you know where to go now. And Asian markets are cheaper, right? That's true. Yeah, but you, some weird veggies. But or I thought you were saying, but do are Asians taking this virus as serious as seriously? Why aren't they, you know? We're taking it as seriously as anybody else is. Like, we're just not, yeah. But but they're just relishing in the fact that they are, you know, the dangerous minority now. We're, yeah, we're enjoying it. Like, we had our moment, but now I feel like it's like, all right, while we enjoy it, let's try and take care of others. And I had to cancel my trip to Wuhan. It's just, hey, you'll get another. Hell. Hopefully, like, yeah, hopefully this will pass. And Yeah. I feel like. I did read, my mom, like, is sending me these articles, like, showing how proud she is of how Taiwan has handled this situation, because they're actually, like, the country that has contained, in the country in Asia that's contained the virus better than anybody else has. Like, she was telling me, or in the article, it had said, because of what happened with, you know, in 2003 with the SARS outbreak, this time around, Taiwan was a lot more prepared and, like, took action immediately, like, once they first heard like some pneumonia type virus was going on in Wuhan. So they're like, Oh shit, we've seen this before. Like let's, yeah, let's ban travel like direct to Wuhan and let's like contain everyone and like provide, and they already have a universal healthcare system in place. So let's do what we can to like make all that testing. Socialist. It works. It's been working for them though. That's awesome. Well, let's Sean, let's get real here. I'm serious. Would you, 
you would secretly want a lot of the top, I would be sad, that a lot of the top comedians right now, maybe in three months, to die of coronavirus. That's more spots open for you. You know, you got to survive Hollywood somehow. So, <laughs> All right. And that means literally like those who can and those who can. It looks like nowadays it's a matter of age. Yeah, yeah. For the, the older comedians. Um, you know, everybody on the Blue Collar Tour. Oh, you want Larry the Cable Guy to die. Just croak. I mean, he's, he said get her done enough times in yeah, his life. Do you think he's funny? Larry the Cable Guy? I mean, in his prime he was. I don't know what he's up to now. Like, I used to laugh out loud at, like, the Blue Comedy Tour. That's what it's called. Blue Collar Blue Comedy Collar Tour. Com- yeah. With, like, Foxworthy and Ron White. And yeah, those guys. Like, I thought that was tour was hilarious. But Larry the Cable Guy by himself, I don't know, maybe a little bit gimmicky. But the thing is, you're, he appealed to the rednecks. You're not a redneck. And he's, well, neither is he. That's not even his voice. Yeah, it was a Wait, character. really? Yes, that was a character. That wasn't his real name. But... Andrew Dice Clay on the, on the, on the blue collar comedy tour. They even address that on stage, except they lie. And Jeff Foxworthy goes, everybody asks me, is this the real guy? Let me tell you, this is exactly the real guy. But like you hear him talking in real life and people who aren't performing with him and they're like, no. So, so that was a lie then. That was a lie. It yeah. was a character. Andrew Dice K was also a character. Right. Well, he, Andrew Dice Clay, like he did his character so much that he eventually became yeah. that character. Yeah. That, that's what Rogan says all the time. Like when he brings him up. Yeah. On his podcast. Yeah. You'll, you'll yeah. eventually become the resting gay face. <laughs> yes. I'll just end up like gay by the time I die. <laughs> now, Sean. Full gay. Before we started, you said that you had some. I'm serious. It's not a joke. You said you had something to catch us up on. Did you not? You're like, dude, we could. Like, I got I to gotta tell you something. But like, dude, I'll save it for the mic. Hmm. I mean, we've covered a lot of it, like at least with the comedy I don't know if it was something that definitive. I think Sean just, you know, came in her house and just started making conversation. And then Austin's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It was like, save it for the podcast. Making sure. I've been hurt. I've been burned before. I've been burned. I've been hurt. You've been hurt? How? I I can, people have really uh, engaged with me off mic and then I get on mic and then they. They got nothing to say. Have you really seen a few of our episodes or is it just the Seth one? No, I've seen the Seth one. I saw the. uh, I saw the Me Too story one. Oh, that yeah. was recent. What'd you think, dude? That intro really hooked you, right? For sure. It's like, I mean, that I, the icon with Harvey Weinstein's mug on it. It's <laughs> like, ooh, let me see what they got. got that was actually very yeah. topical. We had no idea that like the Harvey Weinstein would be getting sentenced to 23 years the next Monday. Like, well, you that Monday, lucked out so. on the timing on that one. Yeah. So what? But what do you think we can improve on as a podcast? That's where I was, you know. We want you to listen asking. to more. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how can we improve as a podcast? I'm interested to hear from one of our loyal uh, listeners, the good and the bad. Any I'm, thoughts? I don't want to put you on the spot. Austin, maybe you <laughs> go first. Well, do you have a... Oh, what can we improve? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, honestly, well, can I ask you this? Like, since the very first episode that you did to right in this moment, what do you guys think that you have improved on, like, from then till now? Like, that you've done better as the I think, that wasn't working in the beginning, but now, like, you've noticed things, like, the more that you've done this podcast. I think two things. As a group, I think we've improved on carrying the conversation, and it is hard sometimes to, with three hosts to know when to jump in and to let the guests speak. I think we're trending towards getting better at that. And then for me personally, I think um, I'm doing better at, as, at not coming off as negatively when I try and be edgy. 
Aaron thought he was mean in retrospect for the to the first couple Some, guests. Well, it's yeah. Sometimes I uh, he's trying to be playful. I come off as negative when I give the guests a little shit. He, he wants yeah. to be the Charlemagne the God or the Artie Lang, you know, and kind of like antagonize a little. Sure, yeah, just be the contrarian so you can have <laughs> yeah. a voice a different perspective. Exactly, but I don't want to be negative. Mm. I just want to spur a conversation. Yeah. So I think I've gotten better at being less negative. So that's for me. I think that. I used to come in with like a list of questions because I was afraid that the conversation would fail. But it's always it's always so much more engaging when we can just nat- like two people we have a conversation no problem in real life. Like yeah. it's so much more engaging when we can just do that instead of it just feels so halted yeah. and and not conversational if you come in with like a list. Yeah. Well, okay. I remember the thing that I said that I was going to tell you guys. Okay, cool. Like, no, this was a real thing. Like, there you. is a real thing. And like, <laughs> no, like for real, this is coming from a real place. Like I remember my very first class in a screen actor system. And uh, like the thing that made me stay there for as long as I did was uh, one, uh, I w- really admired the work from everyone. I remember the first... And I like the class, by the way. I think it's a really yeah, good Yeah, there's a lot of really good things to take away. And the like the very first scene that I saw like during the scene study part of it was actually one that... Uh, Johnny, if you're listening, it was a scene that he did with... Uh, I'm trying to remember what her name was. Uh, oh, uh, Lauren. Huh? Lauren? No, 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 because the scene was in Spanish. Jacindy. Huh? Gesundheit? <laughs> Who are the Spanish speakers? Oh, uh, Marlene. I think no, Maya. Yvette, I think is her name. Or I don't Spanish. think. Oh, yeah, she was like, yeah, she was like Brazilian or Spanish or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I don't for, think Johnny did a scene with her. No, no, no. It was a scene with her because, like, it was entirely in Spanish. But I, un- even though like I didn't understand the language fully, I understood emotionally what was going on. It was an interrogation scene, and like you know, he was being interrogated by her, like she was the cop, and just to see like you know what he was bringing like emotionally and i think he said something in spanish just like why are you doing this to me like i got a family and stuff and stuff like that and like i was like i was like taken aback like oh my god like this guy's this guy's like really convincing in his work and then in, during the warm up i remember i think it was you in class austin like you were just like riffing like saying funny shit all the time what was the, what was, yeah. the, what was the setup what was the it was like a okay. It was like uh, it was like a four person scene, and he had us like in the box. Like it was four different marks, oh. and like yeah, it's probably the eyeline thing. Yeah, it was the eyeline thing, and I think you who, know who who are the other people. It was Pescio's always in there. Fuck, I'm trying to remember who was in Sharonis. Sharon, I, at the time, I there, Charlotte was in the class. Marianne Ramona, was in the class. Maybe she was there. Max was in the class. Uh, I don't remember who was in your scene, but. You, I just remember you made it funny. Like the setup was like we were in a brothel and everybody was like a different character. Nice. Mm. <laughs> no, but like point being, great is premise. I've, yeah, I've um I've always admired your guys's work. I feel like you guys are so naturally funny, and it's something that I looked up to. And I find it interesting that I'm the one doing stand up because around like all my artist friends, I always felt like I was the least funniest dude amongst everybody. You used to be, so. but then you surpassed us. <laughs> well, I'm funny. glad you think Just that. Kidding. I don't know. That's I don't like, know if you actually feel that, well, like, but regardless. Well, when you said that, it did remind me that when we did a, it was like one of the on-camera things, mm-hmm. the real footage thing. I remember I did a scene with you and you just like Johnny did in your example, like you were crying real tears, like making an emotional argument. Yeah. I just remember being in awe, like standing 
in front of me, in like, front of you, doing a scene with you, and I was like, "Wow, this guy did his homework. He's he's doing the work. He got there." I was trying, yeah. Turns out you were thinking about your marriage. Are you gonna cry right now? Huh? Are you gonna cry right now? Not right now, <laughs> dude. That's what attracted me to the class too when I first uh, audited it. Um, just I thought every all the performers I thought were super strong, like when they did their scenes, and I was like, oh, I could probably hang out with these people too. Yeah, like I want to learn from you guys, like because I was inspired by your work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, why aren't you in the class anymore? Well, you guys aren't in it anymore. <laughs> well, I asked you first. <laughs> I asked you first. I got over it, yeah, man. Sure. I felt like I learned everything I needed to know. <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I moved on to bigger and better things. I took a I took a ton out of it, mm-hmm. you know. And much like high school, you got to graduate sometime. Exactly, like we all gotta like proceed to a different chapter in our life. And the minute you booked General Hospital, right? That's the one. Yeah, I was like, you I'm were, done, guys. I need I learned everything I needed to know. <laughs> Mike, Michael Testa, right? Mark Teschner. Mark Tesh. Who am I? Oh, Michael, Michael Testa. He wasn't was, he on your podcast? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So I I have alliance to the guests that we have on here. Yeah. Uh, can I tell the story of like how I got the uh, general hospital? Party? No, we're out of time. Thanks, guys. I want to hear that story. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. General hospital. That's a big show. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Yeah. Well, so what happened was I was in another acting class that um, was hosting casting director workshops, and I invited you to their pilot panel one time. And yeah. I think you did ended up doing like the Mark Teshner yeah. workshop mm-hmm. like a year after I did, or something really valuable. Like he was. He clearly enjoys. Uh, teaching yeah students and, and so they were hosting these various casting director workshops and one of them was mark teschner who's been casting general hospital since longer than all three of us have been alive and so and the way that he and the way that he works it is like he just sits there and he's got because he's been doing it for so long like he has ability to like grasp what the scene is about right away so like he's in it with you and uh I remember like reading a scene with him like the first time like like it went well and he's like you know I like that you brought this you brought this like however I thought overall like you know it I thought overall it was kind of a hollow performance I'm not saying you're hollow as a person but <laughs> you're like little do you know it's like little do you know but like I want you to like be- make me believe that you believe that you're saying it so just ground yourself in this next take is like you want to do it again all right cool let's do it and then I did it that did it the next time and he was like, all right, let's good. Now let's try. All right, let's try just reading. Let's try doing just the monologue part of it. And so like I did that and he was like, all right, that was perfect. And cup cut to a couple months later, I get a call from my agent at the time. And he said like, Hey Sean, did you do it was like, Hey Sean, like, did you audition for a, like a co-star part on general hospital? Like recently I was like, no, I didn't audition for them. Why? It's like, well, did you have a conversation with Mark Teschner at any point? And I was like, I did a workshop with him like a couple months prior. Why? What's up? And he's like, well, he called me and he said he wants to book you on the show like for uh, for an under five uh, hot- uh, hotel front desk clerk. Holy shit. Boom. Your big yeah. break. Right. Yeah. And, you, and then you said, well, if the money's right. Yeah, I'll see you. Send me the script. Send me the script. Let me look at my schedule. It's like, I'm available now. (laughs) Only five lines? All right, I guess. It's just a day, whatever. That's awesome. That was the... So, then you did it? Then I did it, but, like, you know, I never really heard back from them again afterwards. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, now you're established on the show. He's not going to cast you as a different character. No, sometimes they do. 
If you have a small part. This guy plays the clerk in every business building. Sometimes they do that, like Seinfeld. You yeah, all... like they'll re- they'll bring back a character as a recurring, but if they're in that location, as I recall, the location caught on fire. Get out of here, dude! <laughs> right? Wait, right? Did you just make that up? I thought that I thought your role was like. Am I wrong? It was a year and a half ago. It was two years ago. What was your What was your line? Wasn't your line running out of the building? No, it was like there's some kind of disturbance on the third floor. Okay, Something, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a kidnapping situation. Okay, fire kidnapping. I watched. I, was, I, I did watch. I, I was looking at your Instagram, dude. How did uh, Kobe's death, that affected you, huh? Yeah, I mean, I grew up a lifelong Laker fan, and, like, I had his poster on my wall. And, like, now, what did you like was, about Kobe um, besides the fact that he wins championships? Just like his never say die attitude, like in a, he he never he never says um, he never stops. Is that it? Yeah, he's just relentless and like he's literally did whatever it took to like win. And if a woman said no, I'm not really interested. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now's not a good time. Like oh, speaking of bad times, I've heard I've been to open mics. Like I'll tell you this story. Nice. There was a mind you, this was like three days after Kobe had passed. Like I went to an open mic and. There was a guy on stage like telling jokes and he was bombing and he said one joke. I forgot what it was that, you know, just completely like bombed and he and he acknowledged it in the moment. He tagged it with that joke didn't land just like Kobe's helicopter. And I was like, dude, make fun of him for being a alleged rapist. Don't make fun of him for dying in a tragic death. I mean, one on one. That comedian was Jezelnik. Yeah, no, it was Ari Shafir, actually. <laughs> oh, well, nice. dude, good reference. his agent dropped him. Really? Mm. Oh, I thought you were serious. Did, what did you think about? <laughs> oh, okay, what did reference. you think about Ari Shafir doing that? Ari Shafir, comedian, semi-known comedian, um, Joe Rogan Ta- friend, talented comedian, who just after Kobe died, and by the way, I think we can all agree, very tragic death. Nobody, I can agree to that. Nobody likes that. Um, but Ari Shafir, uh, Shafir, took to the Twitter sphere and just went on a little rant kind of seemed like trying to be outrageous, like that piece of shit, I'm glad he's dead. Effing. Yeah, I mean... Not exactly funny. Like, it wasn't... Like, the way that he said it, though, it, like, it just came off as some guy, like, just sharing his opinion, like, on... It wasn't, like... It didn't come off in the form of a joke. Like, yeah, it should have been funny. Yeah, it should have been... number one as a comedian. Yeah, But like, he wasn't on stage. But it was to his audience. But comedians also develop points of view, and he was just giving his mm, point of view. I want him to be funny. Yeah, well, the one comedian, like, that did make a joke about it on the day of that I kind of looked at, I was like, you know, I, like, now that I look back, I was like, oh, that was kind of a funny joke, was actually Tony Hinchcliffe. Like, do you remember what he said? He, like, he literally tweeted out when the news of, like, Kobe passing away, he wrote, Kobe passing, question mark, never. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, see that—that's funny. Yeah, see that's funny. That's the because there's a setup and there's a punch and there because and it's a play on words and it doesn't like it wasn't shit. just saying like this piece of shit was uh, that was a rapist and I'm glad he's dead. Blah 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 blah. Like it's like whoa. And it doesn't shit on the circumstance that happened. It shits on he was he was a hardcore player and like and, and he didn't. Kobe pass. was notorious for like yeah. Jimmy Kimmel made yeah. something like that. The joke. Was yeah. I remember that, like, a couple years before that, like, he it's was... It's a beloved Jimmy Kimmel clip, right? Like, he said something like, you know, if 
like Dennis, like Dennis Rodman is like now friends with Kim Jong Un, and like you know, if he ever oh, called yeah. you up, like and would, Kobe's like, uh, if, I yeah, think, yeah, I think I'd pass. Him I that. think I'd pass on that, and then they laughed, and Kim was like, well, "Oh, be- so you're passing now?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I haven't seen it. Oh. All right. Hey, you can YouTube it. In our final five minutes, should we go to goals? Where are we going to be when we do this podcast again a year from now? He's going to have a 10-minute set. <laughs> where, where is your life going to be, Sean? Uh, well, He's I just gonna be hope great. it's more than 10 minutes because I did eight minutes this past Saturday. So. All right. Well, we can riff as long as we want, but we're talking about a tight 10. A tight, yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> just kidding around. Just set no, a punch, Sean, set a punch, set a punch, 10 minutes. Yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean's going to be on uh, Comedy Central's Comedy Blend next time, right? Do they still do that? Right. Anybody still trying to get on Comedy Central's Comedy Blend? Lights out now. Well, what I'm hoping to do is like this, uh, I mean, hopefully this virus shit passes by then. But <laughs> to- Totally ignorant. Yeah. Never watched the news. He has no idea what it is. <laughs> this virus shit. <laughs> No, but this guy goes into an Asian market, sees all the to- toilet paper and canned goods still on the shelf, and thinks, "What are these white people effing worried about?" Yeah, I just want to establish my dominance now that people are afraid of me. Yeah, but what I want to do is, I'm hoping to submit for like the Burbank Comedy Festival, and at that place they have like agents come out. So by a year from now, I'm hoping to like actually get to tour the country, like as a comedian to do shows like around the country. But like you, opening, but you need, you need to, uh, that would be nice. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take being an opening act. So really all you need for that is you need to ingratiate yourself with touring comedians and just, you know, get them to invite you to do it. Right. It has nothing to do with, or do you need a manager to do that? Well, it would help if you had like an agent or a manager, like, for comedy to like help like negotiate salaries and also to like help you you know stay connected with people i don't know the ins and outs of that yet but if we were to revisit this a year from now i think for sure i would have a better like explanation on how that's done we're calling out all comedians who have been in this podcast uh griff pippin i I remember that part that dude's really good he's very funny yeah griff would love to have sean tour with him i bet who's the other guy the poker player Oh, Joe Stapleton. Joe Stapleton. Didn't see that one. Joe, Joe <laughs> toured that episode. That okay. was funny. Joe toured with uh, Norm MacDonald. So the whole episode, me and him are just talking about Norm MacDonald stories. Oh, for real? Do you like Norm MacDonald? I like Norm MacDonald. Yeah. One of my favorites. He's no Andrew Schultz. Yeah, he's no Schultz. For me personally, because like, Schultz is like a good inspiration, especially with the way the comedy games become now. Sean, how many uh, Instagram followers do you have? Dude, it's not about that. Uh a humble 600-something. I don't know. <laughs> Plug your Instagram for us because I'm willing to bet. You have 611. I'm willing to bet we can get that number up. <laughs> to 615? Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be nice. Actor, comedian, cat daddy. <laughs> yes. Sean Fawaz. That's it. You Sean got, you, you, you got the name. You don't have to put well, how do you spell o- it? Oh, yeah. nine or anything. S-E-A-N. We know how to spell Sean. Well, some people <laughs> spell it weird. All right, S-H-A-W. Oh. You, you'd be surprised how many P- how many Uber drivers have called me seen. Like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, Sean Fawaz, F-A-W-A-Z. And um, in the link of this video description, it'll probably be there too. So. Wow, this guy, knows, this guy knows the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it will be there. Yeah. It will be there. Hey, and if we can get that up to 615, it'd be nice. Surviving oh, Hollywood family. What's your Venmo? You know, on our first ever podcast, Rick Silver gave out his Venmo. Eddie's was the 
or our second podcast, Rick Silver gave out his Venmo, and he, people gave and, him money. Somebody, I'm said, not looking for a sugar daddy, so <laughs> it's okay. Well, you I might. I respect it. All right. What else? Anything else? Well, do you have like any superlative, like fun questions, like general questions to ask me? Like I thought all, well, all mine were we have we do we came in here with no questions. Well, like what's like, like what's a fun question? Like okay, what I, are you most I asked, likely I, to achieve? I asked you about the presidential thing. Yeah, we dude. I think we asked some a lot of fun questions. Could, could we ask one more? Could we like end super strong? Well, what did what did you mean by superlative? No, he was just I, I don't know. He's like, just saying a fun question, like a fun question. Like uh, wait, wait. Oh, I okay, asked okay. you. I asked you. Do you want all the comedians to die? You brushed all right over that, dude. I asked you a fun question. Because that's I mean, because all, only the ones that have been in the game too long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to think of any like super old comedians, uh, like Bill Cosby. <laughs> sure. Like, Joe, we'll, Joe, actually, we'll start with that. Joey, Joey Diaz is pretty old. How old's Joey Diaz? Dude, he looks strong and like not as old when you see him on the podcasts. But if you see him like in real life in the comedy store, super short, super old. Not he's that high fifties. Yeah, he's not that he's like decrepit, but it's just surprising how old he is. Well, he's lived a life. He's still murdering though. He's yeah, so he's funny. still murdering, and his experience helps him on stage. Um, you know, he's one of the funniest. I just hope yeah he stays healthy. You know, well Joey Diaz, I want he's him to live because he's he's obese. Funny. Yeah, he's obese. Yeah. He does Muay Thai or whatever. He, I just want him to be healthy, man. Well, I guess we didn't have any more fun questions. I think we asked a few fun ones. Yeah, me too. But Sean was just saying. Sean putting us on blast. No, he wasn't. He was just saying, Mm. let's end it with a bang. But we couldn't. Eh, whatever. Next time. Do you have any fun questions? I was talking about, like, do you guys watch, like, the Barstool Sports? They have, like, answer the internet, like, you know... Those type of questions, like a fuck, Mary kill, or like, oh, yeah. like I didn't realize you'd rather we were, have like this or that. Like, I didn't we realize we were considering or sitting with a a bro over here, a barstool sports bro. That is well, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that. Yeah, I like I like it too. I like uh, I like one bite. I like going, a, yeah, pizza. I was stuff. just throwing out ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't. Hey, fuck, Mary kill. We have to name three comedians. Ah, we should just end it. It's not gonna. Everybody it's would not gonna age everybody well. would marry Joe Rogan. Everybody, For well, sure, we do ladies. Yeah. Oh, oh wow! Are there <laughs> are, are there lady comedians? They're, just they're, kidding. I can probably just count them kidding. On Nikki Glaser. There's a yeah. time. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Nikki Glaser, um, Sarah Silverman, and Roseanne Barr. Fuck Mary Kill. Oh shit. Okay. Um. I, incredibly easy. <laughs> yeah, they're not equal. <laughs> it should be Whitney Cummings, Nikki Glaser. Uh, Eliza, what's her name? Schlesinger. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I don't know that one. Those are three very good ones. Who would I fuck Mary Kill? Uh, Maybe we should just end it. I could use some coffee. All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Hey, we'll, an- we'll answer this on our next pod with yeah, Sean. To be continued. <laughs>